We are back with the Postmasters yeah, for you all right now. And yes, we have some RSM Classic with a not loaded field, but a very good field compared to what you're used to seeing normally at, I believe it's the Heritage in April. That's usually after the Masters. And we're going to be getting a decent field, a full field, a couple of courses, two courses here at this event. One they'll play three times, the other they'll play once. We'll break that all down. We'll take a player in each range that we like early on right now. Projections, rankings, all that stuff for me is already up right now on my Patreon. I have it up on my other screen. I'm looking at some key stats and all that. You can see some of them on the screen right now. A lot of information to dive into for the RSM this week. And the golf schedule is starting to wind down. We have the RSM, then we'll have, I believe, a week or week or two off, and then we'll have the Mayakoba to start December, and then we have a, a week or a month off, really, until the beginning of January, and then we start up in Hawaii. So, yeah, we're winding down here after the Masters. So, if you got sucked in by the Masters, and I know a lot of people did, I saw people in the Discord talking about it. I saw people just reaching out to me on Twitter saying that this is the first time that they played three years ago. The first time that I ever played DFS golf was the Masters. I won $10,000 and I got sucked into it but even if you didn't win money you probably had a fantastic sweat and now you're back here for the rsm so i remember my week after i ended up playing the heritage and it, it was a fun thing right now i'm still here covering and playing dfs golf to the full extent so before we get into this and before we talk about the gyalf and i also have some t-shirt designs for the gyalf and stuff like that that'll be up in the store the teespring store please do hit the like button hit the big old subscribe button and we're gonna smack you with the information here today but before we do smack you with all that information and start to get into these price ranges and salary ranges monkey knife fight is a presenting sponsor of the show maybe you haven't heard of Monkey Knife Fight. Maybe you have and you don't really know what it is all that much. Well, it's a player prop site. So more or less fantasy points for some of these golfers over under birdies, over under pars, bogeys, all these types of stuff, but a bunch of different game modes as well, where you can combine some different props together and really just have any type of game mode that you really want to be playing different than just DFS. It's basically player prop based. You're going to likely find it on Monkey Knife Fight. So Monkey Knife Fight, what they're doing right now is they're offering people that view this and listen to this. They're saying, hey, yo, Sal, you got a community over there. We want to help them out a little bit too. We're going to give them free money bonuses up to $50 rooskies. I said, oh, damn, $50 Ruskies. All right. Well, let's, let's tell the community right now. So $17, you want to put in, bam, 17 back. You want to put all the way in up to 50 because you're a kingpin, a hen honcho, a heavy hitter. Bam, you got $100 Ruskies in your Monkey Knife Fight account. You can check it out. Linked down below the promo code VETRI, my last name, V-E-T-R-I. Take two seconds of your time to go do this. will get you that free money bonus. Another way to take advantage of player props, which I know a lot of us watching this enjoy. And if you don't, be sure to check it out. Link down below for all that information. So let's get into it. So this course right now, there's going to be multiple courses that they'll be playing here. They'll be playing two courses. I believe they're only going to play the plantation course once historically so the plantation course is going to be a par 72 i don't believe they have shot tracker on that so that's kind of going to just suck that day for all of us they're trying to actually watch the event on our phone just the little binks and hoping that you don't see a water ball hoping that you don't see the drive going to the unknown and those types of things but anyways it's going to be a par 72 on that course 7060 yards so short of course and then the main course the seattle resort course it's also going to be that's going to be a par 70 7000 yards so basically they contest to heritage it's going to be a, a, a spot where a lot of golf are coming here uh, normally you do see web at this course but you don't see a lot of the other names that are going to be honestly all the way down to like the 8k in the mid to high 7k range is going to be strong i thought we might see like the harold vonners who not to bury the lead he's in the 7k range i thought he might be like one of these 8k golfers or high 8k golfers by the way that this field usually will set up not the case here at all you're going to have a deep field relative to what you're usually seeing at the rsm and as always i'll be waiting birdie average and fairways gain and fairways accuracy and and greens and regulations all that stuff the irons are going to be something that i look at a lot more here it's a shorter course for a par 70 that's a course that webb can eat up and now he's going to be a favorite here where he's been very strong here a second in 2019 a third in 2018 these are one of those courses where when you get a web course like a par 70 like somewhat like his home course where he's always just always finishing top 10 and top five he can just eat these things up and it's basically his comfort zone and sweet spot you're going
going to see that heavy ownership on him because of that. So why don't we get into the players right now as we go through them, starting with Webb. I'm not going to do this in every range, but since Webb is the most expensive player and he's somebody who has had a lot of success at this course and at this event the last couple of years, we can discuss him. He's probably going to be 30% owned or so. Dustin Johnson was in that range last week, 30% owned or so, but he was cheaper. He's $10,000. So there's some justification to playing him if you were getting different elsewhere. Webb is now the most expensive golfer in a field that is not the worst field, right? It's a pretty decent field when you're looking down in the 8K range and you see uh, Corey Connors and Kevin Kisner and Justin Rose, who, who's coming off of a very good start or relative to how he's been playing at the Masters. You get Webb coming in here, who was fine at the Masters, kind of backdoored his way into a, a top 10 finish overall, gaining eight total strokes. He's been fine for a while now, right? I mean, dating back to August, the Wyndham, a third place, has not finished outside the top 17 since then. That 17th place was the Zozo Championship. If you're just looking where he's gaining over the last, I don't know, 50 rounds or so, he's gaining everywhere. He's not losing strokes in any department. He really hasn't had concerns, maybe a blimp on the radar here and there in terms of his putting. So I really don't have much to say about getting away from Webb, other than the fact that he's probably going to be 30% owned in this field. If you want to get to Webb, if you want to pair him up with a lower owned guy in the 10k range and go stars and scrubs, I'm fine with that. Now, I personally don't think I'll fully fade Webb. Um, I probably maybe come in below the field or around the field, 20, 25%. This is my early thoughts, at least. Again, I'll have my final interest, my final ownership projections, rankings linked down below on my Patreon. You can check them out. Projections for player points, golfer points, uh, ownership projections are up, rankings for GPPs, all linked down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. So my stance on Webb is that, yeah, if he's going to be 30% owned, there's always justification to be fading a 30% owned golfer, especially when there's viable pivots in the same price range. And I think there are right now. Sunjay coming off of the best form we've seen in a while. Terrell Hatton is somebody that we'll talk about, as you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube version that I have as a yes, the only guy that I currently have as a yes in this price range, because I think the ownership based on the projection are fine for him right now. I will see if that changes. So Webb, fine, neutral. If anything, I probably lean to not get there just because of ownership. And I, and I usually tend to stay away uh, from ownership when I can. But if you're going to be eating ownership, it's fine to do it on the guy who looks like he's one of the most consistent players in the field and one of the best players in the field, most expensive guy, Webb Simpson. So now we can get to the guy that I actually want to play the most as of right now, early on, and it's going to be Hatton. Hatton's been a guy who, well, right now, still top 10 ranked player in the world. I believe only the two top 10 ranked players in the world are Webb and Hatton. That's based on yesterday's update on the latest. We don't know where he lost strokes because we don't have any type of shot link stuff when it comes to uh, the Masters, but he did lose four strokes at the Masters and he missed the cut there. So I'm hoping that that reduces ownership here. I don't know how much it will though, because he was coming off of hot starts, a third, a 28th, and a seventh at the Houston Open. He was playing fine. I mean, his around the green game was the main concern. I'm not as concerned with that here. Off the tee is still fine. The approach play is something that you want to be looking for. And the approach play for him has been fine. We don't know really how it played at the Masters all that much in terms of strokes gained. But we know that historically, he's going to be a very good approach player. I mean, his last overall 50 rounds, he's fourth in this field in approach, fifth in ball striking overall. The tee to green game is fine. So I'm fine getting here and I'm hoping that this missed cut. I'm not really going to look at it too much. It's the Masters. People missed the cut there, right? It's a difficult course to begin with. And the new cut rules made it so that more people missed the cut than usual, just top 50 instead of top 50 in ties plus also them having within 10 strokes of the lead. So Hatton at 20 to 1 odds to win this thing. I actually think that Hatton's odds are, I mean, Hatton, Hatton's odds tell you that he should be probably $11,000. Sanjay's kind of getting that post-Masters bump, I would say, just being right there in the top five on the final day, seeing him a lot more on TV for most people. I think he's getting that bump because the books know people will take that money. So right now for me, Hatton is the guy in this 10K plus range that I like the most. I think you're getting a very fair price on a guy who should be $11,000. Coming off of the missed cut at the Masters, I think it's going to reduce a lot of stuff for him, but I'm fine getting to Hatton. He's my favorite play early on in the 10K plus range. Let's scroll now down to the 9K range where there's going to be a couple of guys that I like as of right now. So this can change depending on when you're watching this and then you can just disregard whatever I say. As of right now, Neiman, who had to miss the Masters because of COVID, is going to be in this field. He has not taken himself out of the field as of Tuesday morning. He was put in this field over the weekend and he's still in the field. So I'm just going through with the assumption that he has passed COVID tests or he expects to and he's in this field. 
If he doesn't and he's withdrawn, well then you can just skip the next minute or so. But Neiman is somebody who's been trending in the right direction. And Neiman is somebody who, in my opinion, is going to fit this course that I want to see. Somebody who's going to be fine with the iron play. Somebody who's gaining strokes on approach in uh, basically like his last two rounds. But outside of just some small blimps on the Raider at the Tour Championship, the US Open to an extent, he's been fine with the irons. That's how we know him to be. Off the tee game has been okay. It comes down to can the guy putt. Now, last time we saw him putting, lost a stroke and a half. It's going to be very random, of course. But before that, he was gaining strokes in basically four out of his last five events. So some things start to be settling out a little bit for Neiman in terms of winning an event this price point we don't need him to win an event 40 to 1 to win the event in the vegas odds $9,100 i like neiman because he's sort of a mystery all week long he'll kind of have the questionable tag by him potentially on, on DraftKings, or people will just know that he had covid and maybe he won't be back in time so i think it's going to just stunt the ownership to an extent which makes me like neiman a little bit more at this $9,100 tag which i think you get a nice ownership discount on him one but i also think that the price point is fair i don't think that it's too cheap i think that it's fair and if the ownership is going to be low it's a spot that i'm going to jump to as people are probably going to jump to name value of jason day harris english has been very good overall number two in overall total gain strokes for the last 50 rounds so that's somebody that people will look at people always get to matthew fitzpatrick at ninety nine hundred dollars uh because he's just steady number five overall in total strokes gained i believe he's also right now ranking in short game fourth overall in this field so i like neiman and then i'm going to get to sebastian munoz who's somebody that can probably pick up more ownership as the week goes on because we said it before the masters last week he's playing the best golf that this guy has probably ever played in his entire life right now and he backed it up with a top 20 at the masters i mean everything's looking great uh, he went back to back top eights at the bmw in the tour championship and as of late, 23rd, 27th, a 9th, a 14th, and a 19th. This is a guy who would get lucky to make the cuts, like 50-50 cut maker probably earlier this year. I mean, he missed three in a row back in June and July. He basically missed five out of six. And a lot of the reason why he was missing the cut was his off the tee. He's around the green, but short game was not great. Now, the short game has gotten a lot better for Sebastian Munoz. The off the tee can still be hit or miss, but the approach play is just what is firing right now. We don't know what he did at the Masters. I'm assuming it's well to finish top 20 there, but 6.9, 1.5, 2.1, and 2.2 strokes game to the field with his irons in his four previous contest that's what i want to see here for sebastian munoz so sebastian munoz and neiman are my yeses in this range i like them both munoz also coming off of last time at this event last time he played for what it's worth a third place finish so munoz and neiman i expect neiman to be the lower owned one there again if you want to see the updated ownership projections ownership will be up by tomorrow i'm recording this on tuesday morning it'll be up on wednesday maybe even later today on tuesday but projections and rankings are already up over on the patreon so be sure to get over there smack yourself with some information also uh, shout out to everybody who was in the live stream for the monday night football stream we had over 1800 live viewers that broke our record by over 300 live viewers i don't know what's going on in the youtube algorithm i don't know if people are just enjoying the content enjoying the vibes right here that you're getting with mr sal himself and everybody else that's tuning in in the chats enjoying the whole vibe and everything like that appreciate you all a ton thursday night will be live as well for the nfl big thursday night football game between the cardinals and the seahawks last time that that game went on it was a very good finish we'll see if that happens yet again so be sure to tune in for that one maybe we can hit the 2000 mark overall and if you're still here hit the like button if you have not yet already give you a head a shake if you haven't hit the subscribe button hit that subscribe button as well as we try to get to 35,000 subscribers appreciate you all a ton with that all said we now move to the 8k range where for this range it's going to be a pretty clear cut guy and as early ownership comes in it's nowhere near finalized at all right now on tuesday morning i expect ownership to kind of pile on a lot more as more information comes out more people start actually playing and simulating their lineups and optimizers so more data is going to be uh, in some of these ownership projections i think justin rose continues to be uh, higher owned as the week goes on but right now he's not picking up all that much ownership and we're starting to see a pulse out of justin rose we saw it at the zozo to an extent but we were saying eh, is that real he gained four strokes with the putter he finished top 20 17th overall but he basically did nothing everywhere he was neutral but then he got hot with the putter which is not something that we've been able to consistently rely on from justin rose i would say over the last year or so but he gets hot with the putter and then he comes in at the masters we don't know how he did it but he was playing consistent all around from when at least i saw him and he gets a top 25 at the masters 23rd overall now you get justin rose in this price range of 8400 now there's a downside that he could have been hot with the putter again at the masters and we don't know that and that's the big concern here maybe the risk but if the ownership stays i would say below 20 percent if it's going to be around 
around that average 12 to 15 percent range i'm okay with justin rose if it starts to come to 20 to 25 percent there's a lot of pivots in the range you have ian poulter in the range and kisner's interesting because it's a shorter course and he becomes a lot more live and in play to actually win this event at this point kisner's 40 to 1 to win this thing but so is justin rose i think justin rose is probably about three to four hundred dollars underpriced right now at this point so i do like justin rose at this point he'd probably be the guy that i want to get to the most i do like dylan fratelli is going to be low owned he's priced up and he's coming off of a fantastic uh, first three days of the masters three and a half days of the masters so fratelli is somebody that i'll continue to like if the ownership's not there i assume that the ownership is going to kind of pile on munoz to an extent at 9k and then Corey connors at 8900 i don't think it's going to be anything aggressive though maybe one of them hits 20 percent Corey connors has been playing very well as of late a top 10 at the masters this past week a 24th of the houston open and an eighth of the zozo so i think people might be getting there Corey connors is still going to be i mean he's become a lot less inconsistent with the putter over the past two months or so dating back to august when i mean basically Corey connors is a hold your breath when he gets around the green because that guy cannot chip at all and then he can't putt at all it hasn't been the case the last two months so hopefully if that stays somewhat consistent yeah these price ranges we can hit with uh, some sort of confidence so i like justin rose the most in this range Connors is going to be okay for me. Fertelli is probably the lower owned upside guy in this range as he continues to just play well. And then you still have Kokrak, you still have Kisners. All these guys are just okay when I look at them. Bottom of the 8K range, if I had to pick some guys here, Mackenzie Hughes, you know what you're going to have to rely on, the guy with the putter. I mean, he's very similar to Denny McCarthy in that situation in terms of just trying to get hot with the putter. But I think I like Doc Redman the most in this range. He's somebody that you can rely on for ball striking and approach. Uh, probably one of the best 10 players in this field over the last 50 rounds when it comes to that. So that's what I like to see. And the last time we saw him, he was blowing up at the Houston Open. He lost 6.7 strokes around the green though so i'm not really going to jump on it too much right he had just a really bad performance around the green and that's his concern he sucks around the green he ranks 148th out of 156 golfers in this field around the green that's the major concern for doc redmond so unlike some guys like benny ann and hideki who just can't putt at all he's just terrible when it comes to around the green play when it comes to putting he's actually decent to good right now uh, over his last i would say 20 rounds he's gained a uh, 0.3 strokes putting his last 10 1.2 so the putting's fine the concern is that over his last 10 rounds he's losing over a stroke overall when it comes to around the green play but we know that he's good when it comes to off the we know that the approach play fires as well. So I like Doc Rebbin on the bottom range. Overall, though, 8K range, Justin Rhodes right now for me. Just going to be mindful of the ownership as the week goes on. Now we get to the 7K range. And as we do, we're going to have a couple of options in this range, 6K range. You know, the ownership is going to start to dive down a little bit as you get to the bottom of the 7K range, but there's still going to be some guys who pick up ownership towards the top. Now, the top, top of the 7K range, $7,900, $7,800 range. Not much here. Maybe Gooch at $7,900, but I like Sam Burns a lot. Sam Burns is just somebody who, uh, for the past year or so, Sam Burns also a candidate to be playing some of the best golf of his career. He's been flirting with winning some of these tournaments you get them at a fair price point 60 to 1 to win this 7700 actually like the 61 number uh, to win this outright last time we saw him i mean continuing to be good seventh at the houston open and that's for an event where he loses a stroke and a half putting like sam burns known for his putting right now right uh, at least known more so for the putting in the short game he's like a top 20 putter in this field and long term a good putter a very strong putter as well in putting gaining 1.4 strokes over his last 60 rounds this is a guy that if he putted at the houston open he probably finishes like second maybe wins the event if he gains like two strokes putting he loses a stroke and a half putting still finishes seventh overall the approach play started to fire that's good to see for recent form six and a half strokes gained overall with the approach and we don't want to wait that too much because that was a career high for him at least in terms of uh, the shot link data that we have uh, and, and obviously played events on the pga tour six and a half strokes game on the irons but that's good to see i don't expect that to happen again but maybe if you just can get a couple strokes gained on the irons and you're 7700 he's played here once he's had a, a t37 60 to 1 to win this thing is something that i do like to see out of sam burns who's playing fine as of late just one missed cut over his last five events and within that he has two top 10 finishes so fire up some 
with Sam Burns, if I was to look right now over on Patreon, Sam Burns, I've projected out as uh, 86.8 fantasy points overall for DraftKings. I have him as a B plus in my model right now. And if I factor this by just overall value, Sam Burns grades out as my number two overall value. Right now, Justin Rose grades out as my number one overall value. Again, total values, total projections, rankings, ownership, all that stuff. Link down below on Patreon. You can check it out. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. You're going to find a lot of value in this range. Straka, Denny McCarthy, Kuchar. These guys are okay. Kuchar to a lesser extent. But in this mid 7K range and towards the lower end of it are where I start to like some more guys in terms of Harold Varner. Varner's just too cheap in my opinion. I mean, just straight up based off name value, he's too cheap, but then also based on performance. It's not like he's playing bad. I mean, he has over his last, let's see, he has two missed cuts over his last six events, but within that, he has every single one that he's made the cup in the top 30, and then he has three top 15 finishes. So he's coming off of uh, two out of his last three events with top three finishes, a 15th at the Houston Open, where this is going to be the struggle for Harold Varner. Does he putt or does he not putt? Harold Varner is not a good putter by any means. He's probably a bottom 20 putter in this entire field, which is saying something because there's some really bad golfers towards the 6k range uh, but he lost 2.4 strokes at the houston open if he can just be decent with the putter um, and we know that he's going to be firing on approach we know that that's something that we can rely on with harold varner in terms of ball striking and approach borderline potentially when he's hot one of the five best players in this entire field so varner is a guy i assume picks up ownership but again he's 7400 how much can he pick up does he get to 20 plus percent i don't think so does he get to 12 to 15 maybe but i'm okay to eat that if i'm getting different elsewhere so varner at 7400 is a guy like there jt poston would be the guy next up adam is a yes but that's too aggressive so he, he was the guy that a lot of people had value liked the masters ends up missing the cut there we don't really know how he did it he finished top 20 at the houston open he's been playing well third at the sanderson farms he's gonna be somebody that i have interest in just not a ton of overwhelming interest like him and maverick mcneely they're guys who can putt right they're guys who can putt he's probably a little bit better than mcneely in some areas as well in terms of ball striking but it's nothing aggressive by any means so i would say that those guys look pretty similar if you're gonna get the ownership on posting like it currently seems like it based on these tuesday runs of ownership if that holds up and he's gonna be double digit owned i'm just gonna fall on fade jt posting at this point because there's a lot of guys just right around him that look very similar if not better you have Wyndon Clark who's going to look similar from a skill set standpoint Mav McNeely looks similar and better in some instances like in the short game so I can get away from that I could just load up a little bit more on Hiller Varner load up a little bit more on some of the guys in the upper range of this like Sam Burns so the bottom of the 7k range is not much more down here I have interest of course in Grio and Cam Davis and in Cameron Chingali there's a bunch of guys down here that I will have interest in but I'm not going to have overwhelming uh, desires to just jump on them and get to them at these price points uh, bottom of the 7k range is just a bunch of middling interest Will Gordon Keegan Bradley stuff like that I could probably do without a lot of these guys so now we get to the six carries where there's a couple of guys that i have interest in a couple that are going to maybe uh, spike up to be yeses right now early on for me uh, so let's break it down into them and before we do like and subscribe as we keep going if you're listening on the podcast version if you leave a five-star rating and review it takes about 30 seconds subscribe as well you'll be entered into a chance to win a weekly 50 dollars raffle giveaway just leave a way for me to contact you your twitter and email whatever it is towards the bottom and the end of your review you can do that on the apple podcast app or store itunes all that type of stuff you can find that the salvage show on your apple devices if you're on an android device you can use it over on stitcher so now let's get into this bottom of the 6k range right now or the top of the 6k range that is guys look decent here james hahn is somebody who's popping out for me at least in my projections right now if i pull up my projections james hahn is a guy who's going to kind of pop up somewhere in like that top 15 overall value and look these guys below 7k really not gonna pick up ownership maybe they get to like five percent on this field that would be high none of these guys like if they have yeses that does not mean they're better plays than the guys in the 8 and 9k range or 7k range it just means that i like them relative to their price point that upper to mid 6k range is basically what it means so james hahn is one guy uh, right now that's going to be standing out to me if we just try and look into some of the recent stuff that James Hahn has been doing and overall where he's going to succeed. I mean, he's basically average everywhere, right? He's 33rd overall in strokes gain total in his field, and he's nowhere near the 33rd price golfer. He's going to be in the sixth carry, so he's well below that. Recently, he's been playing very well. A ninth at the Safeway, a sixth at the Corrales, a fifth at the Shriners, and then he had a 50th at the Houston Open, which again is going to reduce the price point and likely the ownership. That shouldn't be as big of a deal here. He lost over three and a half strokes overall on the approach. Long term, his last 20 rounds, though, he's gaining everywhere for the most part, including the approach play, uh, gained 6.7 strokes on approach at the Shriners, which basically he regressed back to the norm because I believe that 
was his second best of his career. And then he ends up losing a ton on approach the following week and, and finishing 50th at the Houston Open. So James Hahn, 125 to one odds to win this. I don't like that, but $6,900. I like him to at least make the cut. He missed the cut here last year. Going down a little bit more, you can see that Patton Kazire is down here. And Patton Kazire might not be the best option in terms of how he fits up for this course, because he's basically like the cheapest version of JT Poston. So like, if you're somebody who's sitting here saying you want to play JT Poston, just go and get Patton Kazire, a guy who's going to be really good in the short game and putting and probably very bad everywhere else when it comes to ball striking and things like that. So Kazire, I'm going to actually be a little bit less aggressive on and make him from a yes to a maybe, because look, we don't really have to worry about ownership down here. He's basically a pivot for me. If you really want this, this style and the gameplay and the skill set of JT Poston, I would just pivot down to Patton Kazire for a lot cheaper, right? $500 or so cheaper and probably somewhere around like 8% less ownership. Kazire has been playing well as of late the Houston Open, but a lot of that's going to be because of the short game. He gains four and a half strokes in the short game. He gains strokes everywhere. So that's at least good to see. Maybe we can jump back on him because he's so cheap here. Again, I would prefer James Hahn. So he's going to be somebody I still want to get to. The putter is going to be the hot thing that you see. It's basically his best weapon right now. The approach play can come and go. It came in his last event, but I don't want to just be jumping on that just to say that it's going to continue to happen. A lot of guys in this range that just look okay as like fill-in spots. Patrick Rogers also fits that mold, but to a better extent of, of being a good putter, but also has other situations where he's going to be good and kind of can bail you out. Most notably off the tee for Patrick Rogers. You go down a little bit more. Lucas Glover, Rory Sabatini. Doug Gim is projecting out uh, pretty well in my projections right now. It's sort of a, I don't know if it's a course fit thing or what it might be. He looks very good on Superdraft for a 1.55x multiplier. Um, so does Taylor Gooch at $7,900, which we talked about on the previous page. But Doug Gim projecting out for me decently. I don't, I don't know if I just trust the model blindly on that one, but uh, let's look at what Doug Gim's been doing recently because uh, it's kind of concerning, I guess you can say, because he looks like a, a top 10 value. That doesn't mean a top 10 overall play, uh, but just point per dollar value right now. He is grading out pretty well for me. So this is where he's been finishing. He's been playing well, right? Uh, I mean, spotty starts overall, like a month apart for all these. 14th at the Safeway, misses the cut at the Corrales, which was a pretty easy event. 23rd at the Sanderson's and a 14th at the Bermuda, where we did not have shot link tracking. We didn't have it at the Corrales either, but it seems like, I mean, he's been doing decent. It's He's popping up with these missed cuts in top 20s. Uh, basically, he has top 25s everywhere uh, over his last six starts, or he's missed the cut. So he's missed two cuts and he has four top 25s. So yeah, Doug Gim's popping up. Recent form is going to be something that checks off. So maybe we get a little bit of Doug Gim. If I run the optimizer right now, I definitely will. I don't know if I'm going to mainly change anything, but we'll see as the week goes on. Bottom of this range, as we get to it right now, you can see that some guys, Scott Stallings, a bunch of guys in here that'll just have some interest in. None of them stand out above the rest outside of maybe Doug Gim, Roy Sabatini, if you're going really long-term form, but the short-term form has not been there. Jason Hadley, uh, John Hutt is somebody who's standing out for me too, from a, a point per dollar perspective is like a top 20 play, grades out a little bit better than some of these other guys. Let's now move to the, the suckers range of below $6,500, where you might have some guys, there's actually some guys at the really cheap range that I would say are at least playable more so compared to some weeks. Up top, there's just some guys who look okay. Like Jason Duffner continues to be just priced as if he's like not a golfer, although he's a decent golfer. And in this type of a field, I thought we might see Duffner priced a little bit higher up. The guy cannot putt to save his life, but I mean, he's a top 20 approach player over his last 50 rounds. Ball striking is fine. The problem is he's just not playing well at all right now. Three out of his last four events, he's missed a cut. And the one where he makes the cut, he finishes 58th at the Bermuda. Before that though, two borderline top 30s, basically three over his last four events. So Duffner's a guy that at least stands out to me as, look, he has not been good recent form-wise, but if you just want to bet on a guy's talent over his last like 50 rounds or so, he's been good. The putter is going to be something that's always going to be bad, but he's been good when it comes to just TD green play, things like that. Can you get him through the cut at 6,400 with some upside? He's missed the cut here in back-to-back years. Uh, so he'll be in my player pool, not somebody who's a strong interest. Same things can be said for Vaughn Taylor. He has two top tens uh, in this event over the last three years with a cut sandwiched in between there. Vaughn Taylor's just going to be an average player everywhere. You're kind of going off of course history. Nick Watney, JJ Spawn stand up. And then you get to some guys who at least like look decent for their price range. Chase Seifert's going to be somebody that's played here a couple of times now, made the cut both times that he's played here. Chase Seifert is a very cheap option, uh, $6,200. He was getting popular over like the middle time of the summer. Not popular, but like relative to what his price point was. He's coming off a of back-to-back missed cuts, but that's what you're going to get. You're going to get missed cut being the, the higher upside when you're in this price range. Like your probability, your make cut equity is probably like 48% instead of like 52%. 
like a lot of the guys in the upper 6k range so for chase cypher look he's coming off of a lot of missed cuts in a row with a couple of made cut sandwiches in between there cypher at $6,200 is an option down here if you really wanted to punt it and go to uh, studs again I don't think you have to be living down here Mark Anderson and then Sam Ryder Sam Ryder $6,000 flat again these are guys that if you're just trying to punt and literally hope that they make the cut uh, but minimum price if you're trying to play two studs and then even maybe like an 8k range guy Sam Ryder's at $6,000 flat Sam Ryder has literally missed like 90% of his last like 20 events in terms of missing the cut he had a seventh of the work day in July and then he popped up and made the cut at the Corrales outside of that he's basically missed every single cut since the middle of June so Sal why do you put him on here he's missed both cuts at this event I'm only putting him on here to identify guys that I know I always get the question is there any minimum price golfers that you would play this week um probably the answer is no but if you put a gun to my head and made me forced to choose one of these guys at minimum price I'd probably take Sam Ryder and just pray that his low make cut equity of probably like in the low 40s at this point is going to be enough for you in this event at six thousand dollars but that's where we're at right now that's covering the RSM uh this is the second to last event of the PGA season of 2020 and then we start off I believe in Hawaii uh maybe the Sony I, I can't remember what's the first uh or the tournament of champions in Hawaii both of those events in 2021 at the beginning of January we have the Mayakova at the beginning of December all my tools and projections rankings ownership all that stuff can be found on Patreon down below and if you want to support the sponsor of the show my last name Vetri V-E-T-R-I I'm Monkey Knife I go play some player props smack through the information now go play some player props have some fun with that have some fun with DFS this week the RSM starts on Thursday morning we will not have a live stream for it this week but please do before you go hit the like and subscribe button appreciate you all in advance and I'll see you all in the next one bunch of football content coming out this week and we're about a month away from the NBA so be sure to like and subscribe and hit that little notification bell so you can be notified of when I'm going live on Thursday Sunday and a bunch of other content that drops thank you everybody and we will see you all in the next one